I wanted to welcome everybody back to the Crown Rust podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Uh, I am here with some of the referees from our community. Just want to give everybody a quick shout. We have Pedro here, Steve checking in from Australia, Bella in Florida, CJ, forgot what state you are in, Carmela, how you doing? You have your uh, niece there. Great to meet her. Cameron, looking forward to meeting you this week. Will, looking forward to rooming with you this week. And Mr. Murphy, it's great to have you back. How you, how you doing, sir? I am fantastic. Good to see you guys. You're getting ready to go to a little camp this weekend. You had a little bit of extra time, so I appreciate you coming on. For sure. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of different channels in our Discord community. I think there's a lot of great topics that we can pull from. So that's what I wanted to do tonight with one of the channels that we have called Ref Related News, where a lot of officials are are posting links to news stories or videos um, on Instagram Reels or TikTok. Just I think there's a lot of good content out there that officials are putting out, and I encourage more refs to have a voice and, and put out more stuff. But I think uh, tonight will be a good opportunity to talk about, like, like some common um, buzzworthy uh, news stories that are going on in the officiating world. So why don't you take it away? We're NBA Finals uh, season right now. June is always a great time of the year. It lets you know that uh, school's winding down and the NBA Finals are on. So, For sure. There's uh, a few officials that have been on the podcast, actually. Um, great episodes, if you guys have not listened to those. Scott Foster, uh Art Davis, both of those guys have been on the podcast. Fantastic episodes. You can take a lot away from those. Um, but in addition to those making it to the finals, we got Tony Brothers, James Capers, uh, Zach Zarbo, John Goble, and this is kind of a tangent. I didn't realize that John had a brother who was also an official. It was Jason. Jason uh, Goble. They're from yeah. uh, Florida, right? I believe so, and I did not realize that. I saw Miami, Florida. Days. Thank yeah. you, Will. Is that right, Will? I was looking at the list of officials one day and I just saw two goals and I was like, what is this? But anyway, uh, David Guthrie, Kane Fitzgerald, Eric Lewis, Josh Chivin, Courtney Kirkland, and James Williams. Those two guys are in their second final, so they are some of the newer people on the uh, <clears throat> in the finals. Who, who do we have on the alternates list? You have that pulled up? Yeah, we got, we got to shout them out. I, I didn't uh, sure. include them on a recent post I had. Yeah, Curtis Blair, Tyler Ford, who's also been on the podcast. Another great episode there. Uh, Mark Lindsay, Ed Malloy, Ben Taylor. Got to say something about Ben. Um, Paul, a few years ago when I did an IPR with you, it's been a little bit now, but Ben Taylor actually reached out to me, had a few things to say. Um, he used to be from Nashville. I'm originally from Tennessee, and we kind of connect there. He actually sent me a couple of his old rule books uh, for the NBA, so that was cool. I had to mention that, Ben. Uh, he was a great resource for me. Now, he reached uh, out to you off the strength of our episode? Yeah, he did. He, he watched my Game Notes episode, I believe. Reached out to me on Facebook, and we kind of chatted there. Um, he he kind of resonated. You know, it's funny you mentioned it before we started that uh, I, was, I drive a lot to games. He actually moved from Nashville to Orlando um, for his NBA career. So, he, I don't know, we kind of connected on that, driving a lot to games and, and whatnot. So, he had watched that episode, um, thought that was cool, and reached out to me. So, that was that was awesome. I, had, I just had this random message from Ben Taylor one day, and that was awesome. Well, thanks for bringing the information a year and a half later. Better late than never. 
Good to know. I did tell you. I'm pretty sure I told did you, you that. You? I, just I don't think you did. I don't think you did. I would have. Uh, I, don't know, I wouldn't have just skipped over, swiped left so quickly. But now it's great. Yeah, you know, and you're not the first person that that's happened to. Um, Carmela has a similar story, I believe, about Diana DePaul. Uh, Carmela, could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So um, she had reached out to me um, not too long after Paul. Um, it was the kind of interview you posted, um, questionnaire you asked us about, you know, what our goals are. And uh, she said she had saw that and she listened to some of my Gabe notes. And she, you know, she was interested and reached out to me and I got to meet her. Um, that back in December, she got to see me and some other officials in Georgia. So I've been in con uh, contact with her. I haven't reached out to her recently, but um, I got to, you know, perform in front of her. It was fun. Got to talk to her, learn about, you know, grassroots. So it was, it was, it was an honor. Yeah, that's a great connection you made, and it's an ongoing one too. It is. You know, you guys, you know, you're building your relationship. You got to meet her in person. She got to see you work. So some great things came to fruition, and that's that's another cool thing about putting out so many episodes like we do it's like um the platform has almost become a recruiting center for higher level you know observers or you know clinicians of other organizations to to look at up and coming talent and just to see you guys people are looking from afar they can see how much passion you have and how into it you are how much how hard you're working so that goes a long way so i'm, I'm proud to hear things like that I think it's great. That's exactly what we want to do here. That's what I want for you guys. Uh, what else about this list? I have uh, I've gotten to meet Eric Lewis a couple of times in person through ETA. Um, Pedro, you're going to be there with me, and, and Ryan. Ryan's not on the call, but we're going to meet Eric Lewis. He's going to be at ETA in Florida, and is it next week? But anyway, Eric is a, a great dude. Um, really funny guy, really laid back guy. Uh, but there's a lot of things that I picked up from him, um, just in com his communication style and, and things like that. Eric is a, a cool dude. It's great to see all of you going to the ETA camp, too. And another great thing about one of the channels we have is the camps info channel where officials are, are listing their links and you know applications to camps, but also sharing reviews and experiences they had and the best part about it is where you guys are linking up at these camps to either room together or go out to eat or at least say what's up at camp so another great thing what what we have another great thing we have going on here uh pedro you're going to that camp too right yeah i am yeah i'm excited um i was at um i was at uh jb camp last year and he was there he um he did a lot of uh, speaking in the classroom and just, you know, I mean, my hands started cramping up right now. So many notes listening to Eric and I definitely recommend any camp you can go to that has that uh, level of referees is, is, I highly recommend it because their level of thinking is just, a, a, you know, it's next level. You know, you, you just get so many tips, you know, you'll pick up so much going to one of those camps just in one day, never mind the two or three days that those camps last. So definitely recommend it. While we're on the topic of Eric Lewis, and he seems like a great guy, I've spoken to him a few times, uh, his his appearance on the Crown Refs podcast is pending. 
So maybe you guys can give him a little nudge, a little arm bar when you're down there. Tell him I said hello and I'm waiting for him to come on. Definitely. You know, listen, I'm trying to organize him to come on while he's getting ready to do an NBA Finals game. So I understand why he left me on red. <laughs> he's, he's got a couple of important games, maybe. Yeah, just a few, you know. But we're just going to send him this link when it's over. And he'll come on when the time is right. Right. Eric, you got to come on now. I'll just put that energy out there for Zach Zarber as well, since we're on this kind of topic. Zach, whatever you're ready to hop on. I know you've said it a few times. Uh, the door is still wide open. We'd love to have you on, Mr. Zarba. James Williams, good to see him in the finals. I think he's a really, really uh, talented official. Been watching him for a few years. Uh, what other officials on this list stand out for you guys? Um, I um, like I always just think um, Josh Tivin has um, always stood. I mean, out to me on the. I mean, I've watched him uh, officiate when he was in the, his final year of the WNBA as an official back in two thousand and ten. Watch him just have strong um, strength um, personality. He he's someone that um, that resonates with me because um, I'm someone that didn't make my um, high school varsity uh, team at all in high school. He didn't make his high school varsity team when he was in high school. It's it's just kind of been like we like I mean like for people that wanted to stay around the game of basketball because it meant so much and 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 like when I was in a, a court club um, camp this past summer. Um, Ed Rush was just giving me just the personality comparison with Josh Tiven, just that I'm someone that likes to um, get along with, with other people that I'm around and have that to lift other people up. Love that, Will. Thanks for adding that. And while we're still on the topic of officials that are pending coming on the uh, podcast, Josh, my door is still open for you as well. I know we spoke three times about that. I won't get into the logistics of it, but... Uh, I anticipate your appearance in the future. He, by the way, th this would be great too to pull up some of his videos. He did, um, he did something really funny over the pandemic. He was, uh, he had like a rock and roll tournament, national tournament, like a music tournament, where he talked about uh, different rocksters and like a head-to-head -head matchup. But he's a very, very funny guy. Actually, quick story on Josh, uh, how kind of we got connected. Somebody had sent me a text about the NBA uh, meeting that they were having like in 2019. This is like the first year of the podcast when I had Joey Crawford on. And um, Josh had kind of given the Crown Rest podcast a shout. He was like, speaking to Joey, he's like, Joey, I heard you were on the Crown Rest podcast and something about um, non-animated non technical fouls. Um, but he had mentioned the Crown Rest podcast, so that's kind of how I, I reached out to Josh and uh, definitely spoken with him uh, throughout the last few years. Anybody else want to discuss some of these names on the list, or maybe we can pull f any other content from uh, the NBA, 12 NBA refs? You know what? Um, I had been wondering who David Guthrie was. I see him work, and I finally put a name to his face. Um, and it seems to me like when I watch him work that he has like an, an anti-conflict force field around him. You never see players like yelling at him or it just seems like he's always got it under control. I don't know what it is about his personality, but I want that. Very well said. 
Let's double click into that. What else have you seen? What other situations in the games where you kind of noticed that? Uh, nothing specific stands out right now. I just feel like um, every time I see him interacting with a player or a coach, it's like they're being really respectful with him as opposed to maybe the way they acted towards other officials. And he's being super, um, I mean, almost, I mean, he's expressionless all the time, it seems like. Yeah, I'd like to peel back some of those layers and, and kind of hear him as a communicator, because obviously it's with his uh, body language and his communication skills, the way he carries himself. And that's that's the results we want, too. You know, yes. what you what you described is something we're all trying to probably achieve. Love to get him mic'd up one day. Yeah, Josh Tiffin was telling me he does so much mic'd up content, but they just don't don't use, you know, most most of it. They just use like maybe a little clip here and there. Um but yeah, the NBA refs are mic'd up once a week, I believe. Or at least he's he's mic'd up once a week. Um just last thing on the NBA refs, it was cool to put together that uh, little piece of content I did where I uh, just, you know, included all of the 12 names and kind of from top down, the most finals down to the bottom. Interesting to see Scott Foster up there at the top with 15 finals. Pretty pretty consistent. He's probably putting together a, a consecutive streak. I know Joey Crawford was doing that for, for many years. I think he had, what, 29 out of 30? Very impressive. Zach, any knowledge on that uh, Steve Javi story? I mean, I didn't read too much into it, but what he had said on the broadcast last night, some of the differences in the uh, NBA game. So I, I haven't really read deep into the story, um, but looking like at it here. So I would get, I would say in general, you know, you want to have – if you're going to eject a player or a coach, it needs to be very defendable and very, you know, obvious that they did something worthy of an ejection. Um, but I can't really speak on the NBA policy um, as to that. Um, the NBA does have certain guidelines. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. What is it? You have thing respect for the game. That's what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. The NBA has respect for the game guidelines that are, are in the manual that, you know, they don't determine exactly what is or what is not a technical foul, but you have a, a list of a few things that are examples of what they could be. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't really speak on how you tweak that technical uh, criteria. If it's something that's maybe evolved in the last couple of years, potentially, I don't know. Um, that is an interesting, I would like to know, I would like to take a deep dive into that and really, you know, hear somebody speak on that for sure. Can you guys hear this? No, 
So yeah, Steve Javi confirming right there, NBA referees tweak the criteria for a technical foul depending on if a player has already received one or should not be getting uh, talked a lot more than it is. I mean, I think we kind of all knew that. I think we kind of do that sometimes as well, but not not nearly to the level of, of NBA officials. You know, one, one point I want to make, and, and I, I just see a lot of high school officials and maybe even college officials too that get frustrated at the NBA because they're like purebred bred referees and then they watch a different sport, which is the NBA, and they get confused and frustrated that the rules are not aligned. So don't let that bother you. You know, the NBA is one of the world's greatest games, right? It's a very profitable business. Um, so it's it, it's more, I compare it more to WWE than I would like NCAA or NFHS. So don't, don't let uh, some of the rules and interpretations get under your skin, high school officials. Have you guys heard a, a lot of high school officials like bashing the NBA like I have? over the years yeah i've actually not too long ago i was at a camp um and there were some people talking about the nba and they don't call anything this was at a college camp and uh, from a college official that was say uh telling me this you know they don't the nba referees they don't call anything they this particular person didn't really enjoy watching nba because of that they really preferred college basketball um but yeah to your point you know different rules different philosophies the nba is a business as you said so it's you know totally different ball game no pun intended um i want to get to the topic of the night and figure we'll add like one one topic to each of our of our shows and the topic is do you guys show more leniency on plays that you know you missed i think this is a really good topic that we could talk about when you know you, you when you know you missed the call, either you missed you know incorrect no call or uh, an incorrect call, right? You know you you got something wrong. Do you um, show more leniency to the reaction of the player? So there was a NBA, there was a Celtics video that I show um, I shown where it looked like a clean block on the defender. <clears throat> then the defender who got the foul called on him really closed down and gotten to the personal space of the official charged at him and threw his hands up, started complaining. So I just wanted to hear your guys' psychology, you know, with allowing a little bit more of a reaction if you know you got something wrong. I don't think you can allow too too much leeway because that, then you run the risk of it, you know, getting out of control. I mean, if, that, if that's ongoing... People start reacting to a to a call that's made a particular way. They may not agree with it. If you show, you can show a little bit of empathy, perhaps, but you wouldn't want to let that go too often because you you could run the risk of that, you know, really running out of control. And where do you draw the line on that? Um, I think um, I think like you can't like you can't let like I mean like if there's like like the player does profanity or whatever from that situation, you have to address it and give and assess them um, a technical foul because it's not professional but like you have to make sure that the players whoever are professional um with you well you know i think that something i've tried to do here is you know and i'm a little bit older than most of you so i i, I try to 
use a little bit of life experience and just try to keep that that dialogue going with a player if they really want to talk about it well okay I hear you yes okay I'm, I'm human that type of stuff and, and we move on you can't let it become um, an ongoing issue throughout the game because some of those some of those things you run the risk of that escalating and then you know is that then going to play on the, you know sometimes you know I know I've made bad calls where it plays on my mind for a long time and then can affect the way I'm calling the rest of the game whereas I think a skill we need to develop sometimes is that well okay that's happened we can't change it now but let's you know try and put that to one side and just stay professional and you know let's take the next the next call the next decision as it comes and um, rather than use any sort of have any sort of emotional baggage I guess over you know a call that perhaps you knew was wrong the last time you know all you can really do is learn from that and move on I was just going to say players all the time they talk about a next play mentality and you know if you just make a bad play you have a turnover you miss a shot you can't let that play you know remain in your mind it's going to mess up the rest of your game and same thing with us if we miss a call and it happens we've all missed them we can't allow that to, to, you know, stay in our mind for the rest of the game. And, and it's un- understandable that a player or a coach might be upset. And it's okay to admit that you missed it. But at that point, you can't weaponize my honesty, right? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you, coach, I missed that play. After that, you know, you're, I, I might allow a little more leniency. But um, to your point, you can't allow that to go on and on and on there's only so much you know we still have to we, we have game to finish and uh, there, there are standards will you were saying professionalism um we have to to maintain that even though i missed a call you the coach maybe he he or she they drew a wrong play up the player missed a shot we missed a call we have to move on so um no i don't think it's something that you can allow the player to to maybe what were you saying, Paul? They stormed the official, threw their hands up, something yeah, like that. Yeah, let's take a look at the clip. You guys, let me know what you think. I'll let it. I'll let it play. Yeah. To answer your question, Paul, I would say yes. Um, you do have to let them vent a little more when there's question in your mind, if there's any doubt at all. Um, and I and I will say that. Even if you know it was a strike down the middle and you're 100% correct and you know that for sure, um, I mean, you could still kind of maintain that neutral mentality of because I, I might get into trouble just being so confident that I was right and then maybe instead of just saying, yeah, okay, then it could start it back and forth. So keeping that neutral mentality, I think, is key. Um, and also on the other side of that spectrum, you if you get it wrong and you st- and you hold your ground and stand by your guns, and you'll just lose credibility with them. Um, so always just kind of have that little bit of seed of doubt, maybe. And I think that can help you overall because they're not going to judge you on one call. They're gonna they're gonna decide whether they like you or not based on the whole game what was the last thing you mentioned uh if you like don't have an awareness that you missed the call right we have to have a self-awareness at that moment to to know right because that's kind of a feel for the game thing you're gonna 
almost come off as somewhat incompetent maybe for that play. Yes. If you take that approach, if you double down, not only you made a mistake, but now you're double downing on the response. Um, what do you think of this play? You guys giving a technical foul after that? I mean, it looked like a clean block, but what are your thoughts on the play? Paul, why don't we do a little rapid responses uh, work here? This is a good scenario, right? Player charges at you. What, what, what's your response? I mean, well, I think he's definitely pushing the boundaries there. I mean, I know this is the NBA, but you know, the, the level of response from that player who thinks he's been wrong there. Um, you know, he. Sh- well, in the FIBA system, he'd get a warning for that, I think. He certainly would at the level I, re- I referee at. Would he – are are you factoring in the result of the play being a maybe potentially incorrect call? Or you you just think his his charging towards the official is a warning regardless, or on that play it's a warning? Well, you shouldn't be – you know, you've got to really look at is he trying – well, you got to really look. My interpretation of what I see there is that if is he trying to intimidate the referee, which is a big no, a big no, shouldn't be doing that. You can be unhappy at a call. That's all part of the game. Um, but I, I don't like the way he's sort of charging at the ref. You know, make your point and move on. But if he's going to really um, prolong that, I'm not sure I'd be happy with that. I, I think you would have to. Not not be drawn into the emotion of that. I mean, look at the way he's, he's... Okay, you've made your point. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, let's move on, guys. Let's move on. We can talk about it in the timeout or whatever. That's just what I think, anyway. Is there is there, like, in that situation... Because what I would do... I don't know. I'm just asking more of a question. I put my hands up, say, whoa, 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 calm down. You know, uh, don't, don't say go, try not to say calm down. Okay. It's in the all verbal right, judo right. book. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'll talk to you after I go report the foul. Then report the foul. And I think NFHS, it's you go away from the table and go talk to them there. And, you know, like, I don't know if I missed it. I would say, hey, I missed it. But that's, you know, the play's over with, you know. And it, if I didn't think I missed it, I'd probably just be like, you know, you could be right. But, um, you know, I'm going to call it how I see it. And, and the bigger picture thing is, too, that even though it's NBA, and uh, uh, Paula, I think I sent you an email about that not long ago. You know, you've got to remember the whole world is watching this. A lot of young people are watching this. And um, I, th- I think NBA, EuroLeague, high-level high players need to be more cognizant of the fact that they're role models to young people in our game. And all of us have to. I know in the competitions that I officiate over here, you know, they are, even though we're in Australia, a lot of them are still watching, all of the kids are watching the NBA and, the, you know, we don't want that behaviour to be mimicked and I am finding increasingly that people are becoming more argumentative um, over time and I, I put a lot of that down to watching their heroes on the big screen behave in this way and I, I, I wish some of these players would you know, be more mindful of that when they're behaving the way they... Not all of them, but some of them do. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with that. People agree with you there. They would like to see that. You know, unfortunately, it's it's kind of out of our control. That NBA, that's an NBA thing. You know, that's something that they have to be responsible for and, and handle. But the kids are watching NBA players on TV, and, and 
a lot of it does trickle down to the lower levels. Um, as far as responses there, I, I have to hear what he's saying. Also, I have to hear how he's saying it. I know on film it looked like, you know, we can't, we, we don't have the full context because we don't know the sound. I know it looked worse than it was. I don't know how disrespectful he was being with his words there. I mean, his actions, I mean, definitely I think it could be a technical foul. Um, but in high school, maybe not in the NBA. Obviously not in the NBA. <laughs> You guys got to remember, too, it's a business. People want to see Draymond. People want to see a, a, the full squad of Golden State in the finals. And they don't want, like, an Amari Stoudemire situation to happen where he got suspended for the final game. You know, because he did something that, according to the rule book, you know, was illegal and it warranted the suspension. But everybody watching is like, ah, oh, can we, can he just play? Yeah, something I picked up at uh, camp last year at JV's camp uh, came from Eric Lewis and a lot of the other um, NBA and G League officials was you you want the better players in the game. They're better for the game. You know, I think that's always something to be cognizant of, of too, at a lot of levels, right? I mean, you know, you get into college and you get into high school and there's always that, you know, one of their best players. You know who that usually is, you know. You you don't want that that player out of the game really because they see out of the game. The person coming in for him is not going to make the game any better. So I don't think having that kind of mindset is a bad thing, even at high school or college levels. Yeah, I think that topic has progressed a little bit as we, you know, like if you look back, it was way more implanted in the culture. If you call two fouls in the first half on the best player, you're committing a crime as a referee. I don't know if, how long you guys have been, been doing it, but you know when I first got into it, that was still a lot of the lingo, and I don't think that's totally the case any, anymore. Obviously, we, we all want to see the best players, but our job as officials is to not make sure it's like manipulating the game or we're lacking integrity and, and the fairness of it because part of the game is obviously following the rules and, and the emotional component of the game is handling uh, yourself and showing sportsmanship and, and having professional behavior. So that's another skill. It's not well, it's easy. Not, it's, not our, it's not our job to protect them from being committing fouls. It's, it's their job as the good players to make sure they, they don't commit fouls. It's, 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 it's their job. Yeah, I think Steve, the, the the idea behind it is, you know, if you're going when you call a foul, make sure it's a it's a good foul. You know what I mean? Like if you're not gonna call, oh, for sure, you know, for sure. You know, I think that that's the idea behind it is making sure that it's a quality call and that you know the, the game is what that call you're gonna make is good for the game, and that's how all your calls should be, right? It should be good for the game. hundred percent, hundred percent. So I want to talk about a recent podcast guest that we had, uh, Landon, the kid umpire, seven-year-old umpire, ref, extraordinaire, three-sport official. He's probably going to be refing varsity games when he's in middle school. But he put out a video the other day of, of him refing on the court. He looks really, really good. What do you guys think? I mean, he's sharp. He's got better mechanics than I did. I started, and he's seven. Wow. So I did you just see that chop? 
It's crisp. I mean, he has players and coaches uh, taking pictures with him before and after games. Look at that. You see the mark? Uh, the mark. <laughs> I want you to watch his hand count, his explosive hand count into the chop. This is not like a made-up thing. Wow, that looked good. That is so awesome. Like, like a young Tyler Ford. <laughs> if Yes, that that's definitely Tyler Ford right there. And he does three sports? I didn't realize he did three sports. He does three sports. Baseball, football, basketball. That's, that's awesome. Why. He's got so much passion for it. You know? His parents were really cool. We had them, we had them on, of course. I wasn't going to just interview the kid alone. <laughs> his dad does a lot of the content for him, filming and stuff. Oh, yeah. This is pretty cool to see. You got four players taking a picture with him before the game. You know they're looking at his TikTok follower account. And, oh, yeah. And seeing <laughs> looking they're at how much cloud he has. Yeah, they're like, this kid has, what, 300K? Absolutely. There you go. A good young official helping him out there. It's really cool to see. Is there, does he, he, you said he does baseball, right? Is there any footage of him behind the plate? Yeah, sure. Looking for, for his strikeout mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to see him do it. Ooh. Oh, man. That was smooth. Look at that. He's about to be the Bo Jackson of officiating. <laughs> He is smooth. Let's check him out on the football field. Oh, he's not getting many football games as per his uh, TikTok account. Maybe it's the wrong season. You got to scroll down. He just missed one. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, I think this is of him playing. <laughs> he plays. Oh, okay. <laughs> he refed the in game one and then he played in game two. All right. Getting low. Now, as, as refs, we don't want to we don't want to lean too low uh, on the end line or in the lead position. Landon will learn that. Strong wave off. He's got plenty of time to learn. <laughs> He's not getting it quick enough, Zach. Something's wrong. By the time he's like fifteen, he's gonna be in like power five. So great stuff, Landon. Keep up the hard work. Hope to work a game with you someday, my friend. Where, where is he from, Paul? I think he's from Louisiana. Has a little Nolan's twang, I think. Did you guys see the article about Final Four official John Higgins, who uh, refed a, um, an AAU game for the weekend? and Yes. Got into some trouble? Not him, but the game was trouble. Yes. I saw it. Could you uh, touch on that story? Yeah. So, yeah. So what kind of happened was that John Higgins' son was refing this AAU um, tournament and, 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 and his friend didn't show up. So John Higgins went and, um, and, and like an officiated of that game. And, 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 um, and what happened was like the player um, started saying like something like very personal to John Higgins and, and like, and I was, I, as I was looking at that, John Higgins ended up like kicking out a player um, from like, from like the entire tournament. And, um, and, um, and this coach 
did like like and this was like the coach's son and the coach didn't admit it that it that 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 was his own kid um who did who did things to him and the uh, organizers of this tournament supported that and this saw just how um just i mean just how doing these kind of tournaments there's it's like like there's a lot of um things that go on and officials aren't all i mean getting treated well and and and, and this is just seeing just seeing it and, and and from from this moment it's harder to get officials from these kinds of tournaments because these things are happening just goes to show you coaches are not good evaluators of talent because a final four official can just show up on their doorstep at a low level game and there can still be an issue with that i have a story um about kind of similar to this there was a few years ago i was at a camp in in nashville and ray acosta who's an nba official he was one of the clinicians at the camp and they had set it up so one uh, during one of the games, Ray and Grant Dietrich, and I forget who the third was, um, but three people kind of in the pro system were going to work a game so we could all watch. Um, but, of course, the coaches, nobody knew this, right? And there was a coach that had, that was really taking an issue with, with calls that Ray was making and uh, telling him how horrible he was, and he ended up – Ray ejected the coach from the game. Um, because he was yelling at him, telling him that he was not a college official. He didn't know what he was talking about. And, uh, you know, little did he know he was yelling at an NBA referee. Um, but, yeah, that's a good point. You know, they don't – the coaches have no idea in, in general. They, they are not great to – how do you put it, Paul? They, they can't judge our talent. They can't judge, you know, if we're doing things correctly. Um, that's just another, another example of that, and it's just crazy. Yeah, and yeah, and Paul. One of the things that you've talked about too is how coaches want certain, try to get certain officials on games, and coaches have had to like realize that they're not the assigner of the officials. This is like one thing that you've talked about, which which kind of can speak to that too. Yeah, we have. You know, I think coaches have too much power. They should not ever get to pick up a phone and call an assigner and take away games from another official or have any kind of like written evaluation of that official because it's all emotionally um, biased behavior right they're trying to win so obviously there it's a conflict of interest totally so I want to even figure out how I can go about removing coaches ratings in all of high school and I'm I don't know if you heard the uh, the podcast I think 254 live from the house of sports where I talked about zero they should have zero say. Not like 10% coaches ratings, 90% officials. Zero. That's it. But obviously, it's all about accountability. Officials have to do a better job like as observers on local boards, and we have to figure that out and get that right. But, yeah, I don't think coaches should have a say at all. It's part of the reason why there's abuse. It's the power difference. They're bigger than the, it almost makes them bigger than the game in some spots. Right. If they, if they have the power to rate you and that rating affects your games. I mean, you know, imagine they lose a game one night and uh, you're on the game. They're going to give you one or two stars. Right. And then a few games down the road, they have you again and they win, they might rate you three, four or five. I mean, it's totally, 
totally biased, totally a conflict of interest, like you said, Paul. Um, and I like that zero. They should have zero, zero. say in our assignment. And that infrastructure throws off the intentions of officials because now their intentions are conflicted because they're referring for some of the wrong reasons to satisfy the coach in order to get the rating, in order to get the game, the playoff assignment that they wanted. So they're, they're doing it for the coach and not the game. Um, while we're on this topic of John Higgins, uh, Brenda from Officially Human just reached out to me and she wants to do a podcast with me and John Higgins. Actually, uh, J.D. Collins reached out to her and said, Brenda, you should you should do a podcast uh, with John about uh, this issue with officials and his experience this weekend. And that she's my girl. So she immediately was like, oh, I'll do it with Paul. So she she included me. So we're going to have John on uh, prop maybe in a week or two nice. to, to discuss this. So see what what kind of ideas he has for us to uh, inspire more officials to want to become officials. That's really one of the next chapters with what we're doing here. Um, Now that I'm like on TikTok, I have a lot of non-officials that reach out to me. Like, how do I become a ref? How do I become a ref? How do I become a ref? It's probably happened 10 times already. And our network is so big. So now we have the resources to just call up somebody in the state or, or I text Zach, like, do we have any contacts in, you know, Tennessee or wherever and and we do so um you know I want to I want to really bring a lot of like just think of it if if crown refs was the reason why a lot of hundreds and hundreds of of people became officials we're talking about the beginning of their career I think that'd be pretty cool so I want to figure out how we can tap into that yeah that would be fantastic because I, I don't know how you guys uh, I don't know how your local boards and whatnot do it. In, in my area, at least, there is really no recruiting at all besides word of mouth from officials already in. So, I mean, as somebody on the outside, if you even have any interest at it or interest in starting at all, it's a really tough – I don't know. It would be tough if you didn't know somebody, right? You can't just Google how do I become a ref because nothing – you know, it's not going to pop up. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be – Fantastic. I've been doing what my research. Go ahead. Yeah and, yeah, and one of the best things that I just kind of saw just through different states, like when I was in Kansas, I mean, they kind of match people with, I mean, like with a, like with a veteran mentor that that's more guided. Like, I mean, I mean, through that, I mean, process, get them a few games with them to kind of help guide them through the ropes at the beginning. This is something that can help people do but 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 also when you but also when you have those mentors in these these kind of programs you have to make sure that they're doing it for the right reasons and have the patience yeah so we got to tap into that with so many officials quitting after you know three years due to abuse i just i look at it as a big opportunity just got to figure out which pipeline to tap into in order to kind of like create a open up the floodgates because I think it's a couple hacks away, whether it's programs with colleges or high schools, uh, former players. Also, the course needs to be more accessible. What do you guys know about um, any online certification? Is that possible? Can I become a ref online? I mean, to my knowledge, no. That was kind of my point on how to become a ref if you were to type that in Google. 
I don't know how you would do that. I, I haven't been able to find anything. Maybe somebody else has, but there's only one one channel, and that's NFHS, right? Um, I think they had a campaign called Become an Official, so you can I think type in becomeanofficial.com, and it takes you to a, a site that they own. You type in your information, and it's like a form you submit. And then I actually did this because I wanted to learn about the process. And then they get back to you. Um, they sent they sent me an email, and they also hooked me up with uh, the local board in, in in my county, and they gave me a list of all of the names for the various sports. But that's basically all it is. It's a handoff process. You have to get connected to the local board based on where you live. So the NFHS is act, acting as um, like an usher. So you got to go through them in order for them to place you. And that's essentially what what I was doing, what we were doing when new officials just inquire about how to become a ref. Um, so I, I would love if also if Crown Refs could become a certification platform. Like how do we make that happen where now we have potentially mentees like you guys that are actually going to be teaching the course, you know, and how do you become a ref? You could take an, you know, you could be, take an online course in three days, three day course online. I don't know, but it's got to I mean, be, we got to create less friction for the people to want to become one. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I have seen some interesting, I mean, stuff. I mean, I haven't seen these kind of certifications course, but, but like what, but like what IAVO did is that they started just a whole women's collegiate board called like, I mean, WICBU that, um, that has like a university course that's on women's to help people go into women's college officiating, but doesn't like lead to, I mean, certifications. I think, um, I, I think honestly, in order to get things forward, like this kind of conversation would have, would happen, would have to happen at like at the NASO conference at the national association of sports officiating conference, which is in Denver this year in a month and a half. Yes, I did get it. I did get a, a brochure on that. Definitely, it would I mean, be cool to go, but I just couldn't swing it this year. I mean, maybe that develops as a partnership with NFHS. You know, I don't know. It, certification, I'm assuming, di- differs depending on you're in and in and whatnot. Um, come to Crown Refs and get certified and and take that to their board. Uh, I don't know. That's very interesting. Because like you said, there's a lot of friction involved. There's, first of all, you have to figure out how do I do this? You know, when can I take the course? There's a financial piece to it. You know, you have to pay for, I'm assuming you pay for the course, you pay for your gear, you know, your training, your camp, whatnot. So there's a significant investment that you put into it, time and money. Um, that I think people, if you don't know someone who is an official, you would just have no idea on on how to do that. There's also no, um, watch your fingers, you pinch yourself. No, no. <laughs> There's also a uh, um, a lack of the the availability, right? Um, I know some boards will offer multiple times a year that you can actually sign up to be an official, whereas other boards that I've seen, it's only once a year. Mm. They have that one time a year where they will be accepting new officials and training new officials. But they, and that's it. So I think that also conflicts too, right? Like Friction. People are just too late to the party. Yep. 
Somebody reached out to me recently and said they just failed their exam um, on the NFHS website. They failed it twice in Pennsylvania. And I asked him if that counts towards his accreditation and said yes. So maybe there's a, a component where you take the class online, but then you got to go to the b- local board and maybe do a in-person tryout, a court tryout. But it's just something to think about. You know, it's uh, kind of a new idea I had, so put it out in the universe and we'll see where it goes. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. This is next level, homie. Just watch me. Stay fresh. You ain't gotta look sloppy. Keep your uniforms tucked. This is what you need, huh? Don't delay. Now it's time to get neat tucks. From the umpires, referees, and brooms to my ballers. Keep the audience watching all your moves. Cause you don't wanna lose. Now you looking so official. Gotta get your neat tucks. Everybody gotta get them. Neat tucks. You already know what's up. Neat tucks. Keeps uniforms tucked. Neat tucks.com.